Oh, hey, tigers. Do you have any stories of UFOs or encounters with aliens? If you do, we want to hear them. Email us your story or send us a voice note to teachmetigerpodcast at gmail.com by August 15th, 2019, so that we can share your story on an upcoming UFO episode. Thanks, tigers. Now enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 36 of Teach Me Tiger. I'm so hungover. I'm trying really hard not to be. It was an accident. <laughs> I hate accidents like that. <laughs> uh, um, call it? Like, uh, oh no. <laughs> this is going to be great. to teach me tiger well you want to you want to take it this time okay welcome to teach me tiger the podcast where we have our experty friends on or sometimes just enthusiasts to talk about the thing they know about sometimes people who are nervous about the word expert they like to say that they're just enthusiasts they're both looking right at me (laughs) (laughs) this is jack slash jacqueline but i call her jack jack is not a professional beekeeper but she has bees and she's going to talk about bees i am yeah (laughs) and melody's gonna make the buzzing noises while we do it (laughs) that's right we're gonna talk about bees yeah everything bees from an enthusiast I am an enthusiast. A bee enthusiast. It is a little bit crazy. <laughs> how much you love bees? A little bit, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I suspect it's akin to how I feel about my chickens. Probably. I think that you find a thing that you like. Yeah. You sort of clamp onto, and it it's fascinating. And having them in my yard, it makes it feel more like a home, like I'm taking care of them. Sometimes I go and sit when I get home from work, and it's been a hard day. I sit beside the beehive and just like watch them come and go. Yeah, I watch the chickens. That's nice. I smell, though. Yeah. Bees don't smell bad. The bees smell, it smells like honey back there. Nice. It's so great. Wait, do you go back there with no bee suit on or with a bee suit on? No bee suit. I just go sit beside the hive. Right. Because if you don't sit, I, I, my, when Louise had bees briefly because they died one winter. Yeah, that happens. I would sit next to it and it was cool because they all had like a, a flight path. Yeah. And you, if you just, yeah, didn't don't sit, go in the flight path. If you, but even if you did by accident, they just go around you. Yes. But then I moved and they were, they just totally ignore you. Yeah. They don't yeah. give a shit. You really only need the bee suit if you're like opening the hive and like mm. invading their territory. Right. right. But you can be there and there can be hundreds of them coming and going right, right around you and they don't care. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Because mm-hmm. I'm not allergic to bee stings, so I would do that. If you're allergic to bee stings, I suppose you probably wouldn't want to. <laughs> They're pretty itchy though. Like Bee stings? I, yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, I have one on my stomach right now. It's so itchy. Really? Yeah. I, have I some... don't know that I've been stung by a bee. I've certainly been stung by wasps. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. I've been stung by wasps. Those hurt. They do. Yeah. I have some Benadryl spray if you want it. No, I'm good for right now. Uh, I have... I've got some Gold Bond medicated cream on. Oh, nice. I know. I feel 80. And I smell 80. <laughs> <laughs> I have to do it because I, I get like really bad reactions to deer and horse fly bites. Oh, yeah, Like yeah. my leg will swell up and turn into a pillar. Right. Yeah. And I get a huge blister that's like the size of a tennis ball. So I have to spray it with Benadryl immediately. 
and take Benadryl. I used to have a photo of one, a blister. Yeah. Like the size of this microphone head. Uh Yeah, it was so gross. Anyway, that's why I have Benadryl with me all the time. Okay. Yeah. And I think one day I might die. Like, apparently, if you get those kind of reactions, yeah, yeah. you have to, like, watch out. Like, I could get bit by a horsefly you... and just go into anaphylactic shock. Oh. Yeah, do you have an EpiPen? No. Oh, I have some, and I don't, I'm not... Okay. Why do you have some? Just because you have just bees? Just in case. Yeah. In fact, if you come to my house, I have an EpiPen at the front door of my house in case someone doesn't know they're allergic to bees, but then we find out because they get stung by a bee. Oh, oh that's really smart. Bees, right? right? I was thinking maybe because of cats. No, no, because I'm worried that someone, that we won't know they're allergic to bees until right. we find out as they're dying on my backyard, and right. that's not cool. Wait, can you yeah. just go to the store and buy them? Uh, who listens to this podcast? <laughs> my dad gives them to me. Is he a doctor? <laughs> no, but... <laughs> Is he an EpiPen salesman? Uh, none of those things. He's actually, uh, he, he was a police officer. Um, oh. Totally law abiding. No, no, but he, he thinks he's allergic to bees. Um, okay. I, I don't. I don't know if he's going to listen to this podcast. Oh, no, I think he he's a won't. big liar. And uh, <laughs> But anyways, whatever, just in case. Whatever, dad. I know. Well, it's funny because we go on motorcycle rides together and he always finds the weirdest, dumbest, like, don't stop. Okay. So if you're riding on a motorcycle and something gets in your something and stings you, don't pull over on the side of the road, like an hour away from Killarney outside of Sudbury. They have really good fish and chips there, just in case you ever wanted to go. But don't pull over on the side of the road there where there's no cell reception and stuff. Like if you're going to die of a bee sting, let's get you closer to the hospital yeah yeah so he does this he pulls over and does this funny dance and we all get off and we try and find what stung him whether it was a bee or a wasp or what and he's never had to use his epipen so i but where does he get it from from the doctor okay if you go to the doctor and say i suspect and like give you one you know if you take pictures of your giant baseball lances then you can go to the doctor and they'd probably be like uh yeah you need one okay but i think i think like a couple of years ago you could start to buy them just you you have to ask the pharmacist but they're available for anyone to buy one but they're like a hundred dollars or something they're Mm. they're ridiculously expensive so frankly Mm. when my dad's are getting close to the expiry date and he's going to go get a new one. I take his almost expired ones because as long as the liquid doesn't change color, it's still good. Right. I mean, you can still shoot some full of epinephrine and hopefully they won't die. I feel pretty good about it. Even if it's a little weak. Yeah. It's a bit old. Yeah. I could probably keep you alive long enough to get you in the ambulance and then you're on your own. Right. Half powered (laughs) epinephrine. Yeah. I tag out. Once the paramedics are there, it's not me anymore. Whatever. Your husband's a fireman. He's those are basically like paramedics, aren't they? Uh, no, they're kind of like people who hold your hand before the paramedics get there. But don't they, don't they, aren't they like first responders who like show up to things? Yeah. He knows how to do CPR. Yeah. Yeah. But I would, (laughs) they're great. They're really great. (laughs) I Uh, think Jack is slamming firemen, the most beloved of the first responders. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. They are really, really fabulous, <laughs> but the paramedics really know what they're doing. Right. Now, right. there is a guy who works on Strop's crew mm-hmm. who is or, or was a paramedic. Mm-hmm. And so, yes. if Just if, by accident, if you used to be a paramedic. If that guy shows up. You're good. I, I feel pretty good. But I've mostly said don't call them because they come into your house with their boots on. And I'm like, I am not cleaning this carpet when I get home from whatever <laughs> I almost died from. Like, just no, no, no. Do the paramedics take their shoes off at the door? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Paramedics no. are much more polite. 
I think paramedics actually probably are more polite. Maybe. Anyway, I just, I don't know. They're all great. I love first responders. (laughs) This is a plug for first responders. That's right. I don't have a website to plug. I'm going to plug first responders. Both Jack's father and husband. Yeah, that's right. She doesn't respect them at all. Firefighters, they're all great. (laughs) So great. Before we get to beats, yeah. Can we talk about our week? Yes. Hey Liz. Oh, yeah. Do you have any week peaks? Oh god, can you do yours first and then I'll think okay. about it? I've been I've been saving this one. Oh, okay, yeah, oh. good. A couple of parenting wins. So the first thing that I did that I was really proud of is so I have a five year old and a three year old and they like to talk really loudly at the same time at me, you yes. know, about different oh, I know. things. Mm-hmm. And so the other day I was like, Shh guys, there's a monster outside. And if it hears you, it's going to come in here and eat us. (laughs) They were quiet for like 20 minutes. That's it. I love that. (laughs) And then the other thing was that my daughter's soccer practice. Last night I was talking about how she laid on the ground at soccer practice and just like poured her water on her head. Mm -hmm. Her brother was climbing all over me. Yeah. Instead of playing. (laughs) Oh, that's how my kids play soccer. That's so great. They don't (laughs) play anymore. They should start their own team. Well, nothing would happen. They'll just lay on the ground. Yeah. Sounds like my kind of soccer team. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. So my son, yeah. I convinced him to play superheroes with two blades of grass. <laughs> I'm a witch. How? <laughs> what? I was like, hey, Robin, check it out. Look, this is like a red Power Ranger. <gasps> and this is a green Power Ranger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I gave him the grass and he played for a couple minutes. <laughs> Get out of town. That's great. I'm winning at parenting. You are. Melody's, uh, they're both great kids. I like them a lot. Mm-hmm. But Melody's three-year-old son is obsessed with her in a pathological way. And he he's just like, doesn't want her to leave ever. Right. And he's always, and he once, when I was at their house, I was in the bathroom and he thought that I was Melody. And he was pounding on the door like a fucking SWAT team. Mommy, 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 mommy. And then I opened the door and like, we don't, he's kind of <gasps> scared when of me. And you weren't the mommy? And he went, <gasps> like the look on his oh. face. And I was like, what? Your mom's upstairs. And he was just like, ah! and he ran upstairs. But like, he is obsessed with her. Yeah. She can't get like a moment's peace. Right. So you're like on a little vacay right now. I am. Huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. Huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> they had my husband up at two in the morning. Cause oh. my son doesn't want anything to do with my husband. <laughs> <laughs> so That's perfect he wanted his sister mm-hmm. my sister or his sister wanted her their dad mm-hmm. so my husband put them in robin's room the, the boy's room yeah and locked the bedroom door not their door his door he locked himself in and just let them work it out he can't handle it crying okay. he said they felt they cried themselves to sleep can you believe that yeah. Your kids I, are older now, but they are. How old are your kids? Uh, 11 and 13. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, are they my, kind of fun? Uh, they, they are. They're yeah. actually a lot of fun. But my 13 year old, uh, Tom, he said to me this morning, he's like, what are you doing today? And I said that I was coming to your, your podcast. And he's like, uh, isn't it for experts? Oh, yeah. He was mocking your intellect. He was mocking my enthusiasm. I'm like, experts and enthusiasts, mister. And enthusiasts. <laughs> That's really funny. Right? Well, you're an expert at being a smart ass, so. Well,. That's actually huh. true. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And then and then that's my response and then we're done. <laughs> oh, bless us. Jack, heart. what's your week peak? Well, I actually got a new car this week. Like exciting. New, new 
a new Holy new car. Moly. I know. And brand spanking new? Like who does that? The, you do. The windows open because it's off gassing, or as they say, new car smell. I don't like that smell. Uh well you shouldn't. It's like very chemically. Chemically, yeah. But it's an e car, so it's not chemically. It is a hundred percent electric. Whoa. Did yes. you get a did you get an e volt? Or an E? No, I got an E Golf. E Golf. That's what I meant to yes. say. So is it a Golf? Hundred percent. Yeah, it's a Golf. It's, it's a Volkswagen Golf. It looks exactly like a Golf, except for some little blue accents to tell you that it's an E Golf. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Louise. Louise was here last week and she plugged hers in and she couldn't figure it out because Adam mostly drives it to commute. And she, she's, can you just plug it into a house? You can plug it into a house and that does like a trickle charge, and then you plug it into a. a well, Jack can tell there's, you. There's, there's three levels of charge. Number yeah. one is your house. Number two is a level two charger. So there are free ones around town. So yeah, uh, there's I, one at the M Center. I plan to um, use those liberate power from the city as <laughs> long as they remain free. Yeah, uh, and then there's a level three, which is more like the Tesla. Like it like forces electricity right. into your car. And, and so then do you pay for that? Y- yeah. Are yeah, there I any don't. level threes in Kingston? Yes, there are, um, but. I don't really know much about them because I'm all about the free level twos. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. Kingston has quite a few level twos around. I know. And my office is moving at work. We're moving in a couple weeks. To where? Um, to uh, right beside Invista where there's four free level two what? chargers. I know. Cool. Yes. So you're just going to just suck up that juice. I am <laughs> never paying for electricity as long as I can. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's amazing. Plan. Yeah, that is amazing. And yeah. then can you charge stuff off of your can you like plug your house into your car <laughs> uh, i don't i don't think so <laughs> Too but bad. i could charge my phone in my car <gasps> when right i will figure out all the tiniest ways of liberating that power all for myself yeah, yeah. yeah. good for you and then one day when i win the lottery i'll get tesla's uh, roof tiles and oh, like yeah right i'll we go off the grid too. and be the coolest i am gonna be the coolest you are going to be the coolest. We're trying to win the cryptocurrency lottery. <gasps> I heard the Bitcoin episode. Well, Did Melody's, you? Melody's Did. husband has another type of crypto that he thinks is going to make them rich. Uh, I Link, know. He said Link it, coin or something? He said it right at the end. And either way, I was Litecoin. terrified. No, it's not Litecoin. It's oh. like Link Chain or Link Coin. Link something. Link Chain. And they just yeah. added it to like a major trading platform, which yeah. is a big deal. Melody's going to get a crypto kitchen. We're hoping <gasps> for a crypto kitchen. Can you like be in a crypto kitchen or is it crypto like the currency just like it's, it's, it. it's just gonna be a baller you a can't baller see kitchen. it <laughs> you, you can't touch it but it's there yeah it's there yeah, just imagine totally just close real. your eyes and imagine right? this is real okay it's I'm, in the crypto sphere okay i'd uh-huh. like to get a crypto vapor barrier i'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah. obs- I'm obsessing right? about the sides of the house in the back of my mind yeah <laughs> Yeah, I feel like a real vapor barrier is where you want to be at with that. I'm just like, yeah, gonna throw that plug in for vapor barriers. If you don't have one in your house, get one. Yeah, like Liz doesn't have one in her house. That's okay. Do you, there was, was tar there, paper? Was there insulation? At yeah, all? there was insulation. Oh well, see, that's half the battle. We're it, talking about the hole in my wall that I'm obsessed over, and Jack knows about building things. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole other episode. That's a whole other fucking episode. <laughs> Yeah, next week, vapor barriers. <laughs> next week, I we're know. very Jack, enthusiastic. Right? <laughs> Jack makes Liz feel less neurotic, which is almost impossible. Well. I'm pretty neurotic. I know. Yeah. Uh, but so am I, which is what I like <laughs> about <are>. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, Melody, when I started on the podcast, Melody was like, I'm pretty excited. I think your neuroses will be great on the show. Yeah. This is going to be great for the show, Liz. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, let's. Okay. 
Do oh icebreakers. Would you like to reach into my box? I would. You're gonna play that song. Oh yeah, I'll play the song for you right now. Okay, real quick. Th- I sing along with it in the car. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard. I've heard uh, mm-hmm. that it, people find it catchy. It's so catchy. Roll up your sleeves, pull up your socks, reach on into Melody's box. Icebreakers. <laughs> it's so great. That's pretty good. Okay. What's your most useless talent? I have so many. <laughs> I I don't know. Uh, Liz, can you think of one before I do? Um, I'm good at like for me or for you? No, for you. <laughs> Tell like, me your. <laughs> I don't want you. I don't want to know what you think my most useless talent is because then that will probably crush me because I, think, I thought it was useful. I think all of your talents are useful. Um, huh. wait, my, wait till I show you mine. <laughs> um, I am good at. I feel like my talents are pretty useful, actually, too. Yeah. Well, then think of something like, 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 for example, this. What are you doing? She's putting down her microphone. Whoa. Whoa. She She's did. got her arms like backwards. Yeah. Holy uh, shit. Her. She, she she like turned her arms backwards. So her of. elbows were pointing if forward. You, if you think about, remember the thigh master from the 80s? Yeah. I can thigh master with my elbows in front of me. It's You have to do that thing again. I'm taking a picture of you. Is that part of bonus material? Yeah. If anybody wants to see that picture, Jack, you have to pay at least $2 a month on Patreon. <laughs> $2. It is worth so much more. Yeah. I feel like that's a steal. I mean, it's a steal. You, you also get Liz's thumb yeah, in so that. My thumb you is sh- that I can take my left hand, th- yeah. my left thumb and make it point all the way backwards. Can you do this with your fingers? Yes. Oh, I can't do that. Oh, I can't do it's it. It's another useless thing. I have lots of them. <laughs> We're so... <laughs> This is why we don't need to drink, because we've got all of this perfectly sober. Yes. But then we do anyway. I think we should. Yeah. Anyway. What's your oh, most useless talent? I'm trying to think of mine, and I think I just thought of it. What is it? For, the first thing that came to mind is I'm really good at hanging art, but that's kind of useful. Yeah, yeah, you know, useful. like knowing where to put the nail so that it'll line up with the back of the frame yeah. kind of thing. That is super useful. But I'm also really good at imitating the sound a dog makes when they're trying to barf. <gasps> you are. Can we hear Can't, it? I'm ready. I haven't done it in a long time. I feel like it's going to be <clears throat> it's going to be good for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so gross, right? And my dog used to make that exact Wait. noise. <laughs> So George throws up, George, who's sharing the room with us right now, my cat, who was starving, throws up every single morning because he eats his food like he's never going to see another meal again because he was a stray. And so he goes like this and his whole body is moving. And I'm like, no, George, no. And once I held out an empty plate in front of him and he just went, I just threw up onto the plate. It's awful. Did he he eat it? No, I just, no, he just wanders away. My cat throws up and then eats it again. Gross. Except for the one time. Uh, Tom got out of bed because he heard the cat. It was like three in the morning. And uh, he looked out the window to the front porch and he's like, there's something white on the, the mat. And so I look and the cat's thrown up and it's all like frothy and white, except for this one little gray like foot. Oh, <laughs> gross. And then as I was taking the front door mat and, and like taking it over to where the hose is so I could rinse it off, the little foot fell and I didn't know Did it because you? it's three in the morning. But on my way back, I stepped on the little foot. Ew. 
I found out later it was a mole. <laughs> when when she brought me a whole mole instead of just the foot, I found out that I was like, oh, that one last week was a mole too. Okay. Gross. They have very distinct feet. Oh, God. Mm. Well, that yeah. was great. Yeah. I feel like about bees. I feel like my eyes has been thoroughly broken. I yeah. feel like something's broken. <laughs> Icebreakers. Jack. Yeah. What's your favorite fun fact about bees? Well, it's it's funny because I just asked my husband what his favorite fact about bees was. Uh, and he said it's they keep you in the backyard? N- no. <laughs> no, no. And and because mine is about the queen bee, but his is about the other bees. Oh. And and I was like, it was just funny because I was like, wouldn't we just have the same fun fact? Because I don't know. Because bees. Yeah. Anyways, so I'll tell you his first because it is actually fascinating. So when bees get... I think he likes it. So my husband has no hair. Uh, Straub is bald and has been. I've never known him with hair. Uh, when he was like 18, he started balding quite badly and shaved it off. And, and Good I, for him. Well, he, he was like, he accepted his fate and there it is. So I think he's like anthropomorphizing with the bees because yeah. as the bees get older, they lose their hair. So the fuzzier bees are the baby bees. And then as they get older, they lose their hair. Aww. And that's, I, I think he, I think he feels a connection to the bees. That's how he can tell them that, yeah. they, that they're older. Yeah, he's like, hey, old bee. Yeah. You are my brother. <laughs> yeah. But for me, I think it's cool that the queen only leaves the hive once in her life for her mating flight. And she goes out for like mm, three or four days and has, I picture that she has little queen bee pockets because she keeps all the sperm in her little bee pockets for the rest of her life and her never leaves life. the hive again. Like wow. for years, like she lives for years and has and she just all ins- the sperm with her all the time. She just inseminates herself magically with the sperm. With of the sperm, over roughly and over. twelve to twenty suitors. So in the wow. hive, you will see, you can see the difference in the bees, and you can sort of look at some and say, "Huh, I bet you guys have the same dad." And in other ones, you're like, "Nope, not you two. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Whoa. So having spent so much time around bees, mm-hmm. you can see more differences in them, I would imagine, than yeah. the average well, Joe. And Sophie. I think, <laughs> I think that, um, like, cause when you see a bee, you often see one or, or uh-huh. maybe two or three, like on a, a flowering bush that you've got or something. But yeah. if you look at, like, if you pull a frame out of a beehive, you're looking at like hundreds of bees at once. Right. Right. So you can see the difference because they're all standing beside each other. Right. So, yeah, like, but we just split a hive. So we just made a new hive, a small hive, or I guess they all start out small. Mm. Uh-huh. Anyway, it they do in our yard. And so because it anyway, one was going to get too big. So we split it and our new queen is almost black. Like she's whereas our old queen is is I call her a golden girl because she's very yellow and the new queen is very black. So the new bees that come from the new queen, since they have half her DNA, they're they're darker in this hive than they are over here. In the I'm like hive. riveted to this. This is yeah. I have another question though. Uh-huh. How do you know which one's the queen and where she is in the hive? Like, oh, so she's bigger than all the other bees. How big is she? Um, okay, so there's a there's a thing called a queen excluder, and it keeps the queen from going up into the honey section, uh-huh. so that you don't eat eggs because no one really. I mean, you want to eat chicken eggs, but maybe you don't want to eat bee eggs. 
So, so you keep her in one spot. So that means that all the other bees can fit through the holes in the queen excluder, but the queen can't. Okay. So she's just big enough to not fit through. And when I had to um, isolate her, so uh, I think more uh, expert beekeepers have an actual queen cage. Because oh. you just, you, you pick her up and you put her in the cage and then you just lay the cage on the hive. With your fingers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, with your gloved fingers, if you're me. Right. Uh, but you won't hurt her. You can just pick her up. Well, and that's, it scares me. But yes. And so I had to separate her, though, in order to take um, different frames out of the hive. Because usually we just, we are very, um, I don't know if I'm fancy, I'll say we're like organic beekeepers. Like we just let them do their thing, right? right. We don't really mess with them much. So we take the frames out, we find the queen. It's like, there she is. And we put the frames back, like, you know, just for funsies. Um, but, and, and like to make sure she's there and everything. But when we had to split it, we had to know where she was and we had to keep her safe because you don't want her falling out of the hive because then you're, you're out of luck. Anyways. So the thing I used was a blueberry container from the grocery store. So if you think about the holes that are in the bottom of the plastic blueberry container, yep. yeah. uh, she can't fit through those, but the other bees can. So I, I put her in the blueberry container and closed the little lid and set her down on the hive. And when I came back for her, like 10 bees had crawled in with her because she she Aww. has attendants. And they're like, where is she? And they follow her. Right. So they all followed her into this thing. So she's just... Just enough big enough that she doesn't fit through the holes in a blueberry container. Okay. Right. All right. But if a queen dies, then the hive dies? Yes. But the hive can make up for it. So the the workers actually decide who the queen is in that if the queen were to die right now, there would be eggs at the right stage that they could then force that one to be a queen by feeding it only royal jelly for the whole of its life. And then it grows big to be a queen. And then it grows into a queen. So the other the other bees, all the worker bees, they get fed royal jelly briefly, and then they get fed um, this this pollen mixture that they make, and it's it's bee bread, and they get fed that, and then they cap it and everything, and it grows it larvas and grows into a bee. Uh, but if it's the queen, it only gets royal jelly. And the thing is, the so we we sort of had a bit of a queen mishap, and. The bees will make different size cells. So they make regular cells for worker bees and they make hundreds and hundreds of worker bees. But then when there's enough worker bees, they feel like the, the hive is strong. Then they'll make a slightly bigger cell. And that's for the boys, the drones. Okay. Drones are completely useless in the hive. They have no benefit in the hive at all. Uh, they don't collect pollen or nectar. They don't make honey. They don't do anything. They're just loafing. Their hmm. entire role is to leave the hive and go inseminate some other queen on her mating flight. Oh. And they are an exact, they are an exact replica of the queen's DNA. So all the drones look exactly the same. That's why they're called drones? I guess. I mean, I don't know. Drone is more like. Maybe uh, that's why in Star Wars they call them drones. Drones. That makes more sense. Anyways, so, so yeah, so they don't, they don't really do anything besides go and, and pass on the queen's you know, DNA, our queen's DNA. And so they all look the same and they all have big eyes and they also, they're big as well, but you can tell that they're not the queen because they just have that dopey look that some dudes do. So, yeah. Right. Yeah, they're like bros. They're, they're bros. so bros. They're like, hey, bro. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think if you listen really closely, you can hear them. And they all have popped bro, collars. Bro, bro, bro. Yeah. They make the bro noise. Bro. Uh, <laughs> bro. Bra, bra. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is so so if you want to make two hives you would need to have a queen in each one that's right how do you split a hive well let me tell you sorry i'm let just me like... tell you how we messed it up and then what happened okay okay so first our hive was getting too full and when it gets too full you risk having um a swarm and I didn't want them to swarm. And a swarm means they get up and go. Yes. And they take their queen with them. Right. Um, so in order to stop that, I took frames of brood out. So frames of a mix of eggs and larvae and capped brood. Little babies that are growing. All the babies. And I took them out and put them in a new hive. And I gave them uh, attendant bees to be with them to hang out. And... Then you wait about 24 hours because the queen uh, emits pheromones and they know to follow her because she's their queen and she's got the pheromones. And that's why when you take the queen out, remember I said I put her in the blueberry container, you sit her back on the hive. She's still pushing the pheromones out. Nobody's panicking. Everything's fine. So you take those those frames of brood and you put them in a new hive and then you can just go buy a queen, oh, which is what we okay. did. So you buy a queen and she comes in this tiny little box with a cage on top and a food plug in the end. And the idea is she's in there and she's got three or four attendants in there with her. And the attendants eat the plug from the inside to feed the queen. And the bees from the outside are initially angry about the new pheromones. So they're trying to get her. So they eat the food plug from the outside. But it takes about three days to eat through the food plug. Okay. So then... By the time they eat through, they've accepted her pheromones and then she's cool and it's like, oh, yeah, I guess you can be our queen. Right. Oh, so that's like a human force. Yes. Of making a new queen for a new hive. But what happened with us and see the problem is. I'm worried this is going to end in tragedy. Well, I might have a little Game of Thrones thing going on in my hive right now. I'm not 100% sure. Um, But we then checked on the hive a week later and didn't see any eggs, which would suggest that the queen we put in died. And in oh. fact, we saw for the first time in our life, we saw queen cells. So where, I mean, a lot of people have seen a honeycomb. It's just, you know, straight up honeycomb. Queen cells come off and point down kind of like um, Cyril Sneer's nose. <laughs> right? Like yes. that's what they look like. It's, it's like a boomerangy kind of shape. Uh, well, it kind of. It's like a gonzo. Gonzo. Gonzo from the Muppets. Oh. Gonzo from the Muppets. His that nose. Right. Okay. Anyway, so they point down. The point is... <laughs> I was just going to say, kind of like a penis with a foreskin. I was totally thinking that, but then I was like, well, usually the whole thing, and it folds way and back it further. It doesn't like go straight out. it's not like a 90-degree yeah. angle. Right? Yeah. It, it doesn't go out first, really. Down. It just kind of goes... Anyway. You know, I'm really pleased you brought it back to the penis, though. Well done. <laughs> yeah. And it, it does it does have a bit of a foreskin-esque kind of look it to does, it. It does, especially on Cyril Snare. Well, we're gonna have no. to have a picture of him <laughs> also with the bonus material uh, but anyways um so they make it point down because the queen is bigger mm -hmm. and so we saw that they had made like five or six of these queen cells so we were like oh the queen must be dead because they've made queen cells now they're now who's gonna lay an egg in it i don't know so here is where the the, the question is though is did that queen emerge and hadn't laid any eggs? And so we thought that there was no queen and we bought a second queen and then introduced a second queen. And are they all having a big ass fight in there? Right. Oh. Or did the first queen actually die? And it's a good thing we brought the second queen. Or 
Did they figure out how to make an egg into a queen? And maybe there's three queens in there. I don't know. But the last time I went in there, they were so mad and they stung me. And I was like, okay, you're all on your own now. And so I don't know what's going on. So oh. what happens if there are multiple queens? Do they just duke it out? Yeah, they'll they'll just yeah they'll kill One each will other. Kill the other. Oh, yeah. The only kill each other? thing. Yeah, and and I mean, um, actually, I think it, there's a bit of gang violence. Like, I think that they'll like the worker bees will accept the pheromones of one of the queens, mm. and then uh, I I think it may be a bit of a it's not pretty like a turf thing. Mm. Honestly, all I can think of the entire time you're talking is every aliens movie I've ever seen. Right, because in do you have you seen any of the alien movies yeah. with Sigourney Weaver? Yeah, it doesn't happen in the first one. Because there's only one alien in that movie. That's why it's called Alien. Yes. And then in the second one, it's called Aliens. Mm-hmm. And there's a queen. I see what they did there. Yeah. And there's a queen in that one. <laughs> <laughs> Clever. Yeah. There's a queen in that <laughs> one. So really, when I think about what alien movies I'm talking about, I really mean the second one with Michael Bean and Bill Paxton, R.I.P. I love you, and Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> the the R.I.P. I love you is just yeah okay anyway I love Bill Paxton he's listening he was so young he died like two years ago he was like sixty five or something do you know who Bill Paxton is well I, I'm stuck on he was so young and he was sixty five I mean uh, sixty five is young I, I know but it's it's not like you know he he wasn't like uh, that crow fella um, Brendan Lee yeah thanks man <laughs> I am I mean, really bad with names but I'm like I can I can walk you around to it you know the crow fella you know that guy bruce lee's son that fella bruce he lee was also, young bruce lee also died young how young i can't remember but maybe a little bit older. like 83 <laughs> <laughs> bill paxton died tragically young he died in a routine like um some sort of uh surgery anyway bill paxton was in aliens and he has a great line in it where he says <laughs> game over man it's game over what are we gonna do now what are we gonna do oh fuck anyway um there's a queen in that movie okay and she has to she's defending her eggs Mm -hmm. um and there's a scene which is super famous where sigourney weaver gets into a loader like a machine for moving large loads Mm -hmm. and the loader is basically shaped like a giant person and you get into the loader and put your hands in the controls and when you move your body the loader moves its arms and legs and so there's a big epic fight at the end between sigourney weaver and this giant queen alien and sigourney weaver's in the loader and she says about this young girl she's protecting she says to the queen alien get away from her you bitch that's like super famous line in movie history i am pretty sure when the queens are fighting in in the hive they say that they are cussing yeah Yeah. and sigourney weaver's there and they apparently do this like tooting and and thing they they like communicate like basically the the queen who is who is decided she's the dominant queen will make a will play marco polo with the other queen and so she will make a noise and the other queens will respond and instead of just like going to find them and being friends with them she just goes and kills them why do they respond well i i think maybe the it, it's life, man. I don't know. <laughs> so you might have created some sort of terrible Game of Thrones situation in your new hive. Maybe. Yeah. How's the old hive? Old hive's great. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's happy over there. I Sorry, Mel. Go ahead. I was just going to ask, where does one buy a queen? Oh, that's a very good question. And I'd also like to know about the ethics of that. Oh. 
Look at you. You can actually take a course called Queen Rearing, and I have not taken said course. <laughs> Sometimes just really serious stage moms show up with their kid, and they're like, oh, <laughs> this is not the class I wanted that I was thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is about child actors. <laughs> Uh, it, it's, it's, uh, I think since you have to drive pretty far on some gravel roads north of Coburg, then <laughs> probably it's not a lot of child actor moms, but anyway. <laughs> Did you go to this course? No, but, uh, so I, I will, I will tell you where I go. I, there's a place, um, north of Lake Port Hope and Coburg, uh, called Dancing Bee. And in Eastern Ontario, where we live, it is kind of the biggest place that has everything you need. Mm-hmm. When you first start beekeeping, you buy a colony. You don't just buy a queen, you buy a whole colony. So you buy the queen and, and 20,000 of her best buddies, right? Right. So 20, she's 20,000 like, of her daughters. So she's cool with it. Yeah. And so they sell you that, uh, like typically on three or four frames and you put that in your hive, which has eight frames. So, you know, you can picture that you're getting about half of the hive full of bees and brood and And then they'll and fill it up themselves. And they'll fill it up themselves. So you can buy nukes, nucleus. It's a nucleus. It's a colony. You can buy nukes from people around here. There are people who, like, much like we just split our hive, mm-hmm. there are people who do that, and they, they requeen it, and I assume that they make their own queens, but I'm not really sure, mm. because I don't know how. Anyway, <laughs> well, I sort of do, because I think I may have, hence the Game of Thrones that's going on right now in my backyard. Right. Anyways, so you can get that from people sort of around wherever you are, but at Dancing Bee, they sell everything. So they sell like the boxes you need and the, the covers and the winterizing insulation and all that stuff. And they sell nucleus like boxes of bees and they sell just queens. So where a nuke costs uh, almost $300, uh, just a queen costs $50. Okay. So for her and her best buddies in a little cage is much more affordable if you can move your own brood over. Now, we've been beekeeping for like four years, and this is the first time we've tried splitting a hive and making a whole new one. So so do you take some of the frames out? Like, how do you, how did you move the other ones over? Yeah. So that's, that's what we did. So when we opened, when we opened what I'll call our big hive, um, it was busting at the seams. Like they were so full. They had, they had honey on the corners of every frame. They had brood all through it. Like that queen is, is kicking ass and taking numbers. And so <laughs> it was like, we need to give them space or they're going to leave. So to find a bigger place. Right. Um, I'd like to see them try. It's palatial down there. Anyways. So I got one of our other boxes that we had and, and set it up and, and you take the, you take some frames out that have everything on them. So they've got the queen, the queen is fairly methodical, but also a, a friggin' genius because she doesn't just like lay all eggs all through one. Like each frame will have sort of, a variety of of stages so she'll right. like they'll be and i mean there's almost always honey on the outside edges but there's brood in the middle that's capped brood and then you'll see some larvae before they're being capped and then you'll see some eggs further down like each right. of the frames will will often have several layers of of different days of laying eggs so you take those frames and you put them in a new box and you actually so you pick up a frame, and if you can picture standing there with this frame, 
and it's got, let's say, a couple hundred bees on it, right? Because yeah. that's where they are. You actually take those couple hundred bees. I'm not even kidding. You take them over to the new box and you give it a really quick shake and you drop hundreds of bees into your other box and they're not angry. And I'm like, how are they not pissed? Like, I would be so mad if someone like took me for starters. Remember, it's dark in the hive. So we've taken the lid off, let all the sun in. Or if you're like me and you're in a bit of a hurry, you do it when it's slightly rainy and they hate rain. And so you like make them all like kind of pissy. And then you go and you like shake them off into this other box where their queen isn't. And it's like a whole thing. But I watched YouTube, so it must be true. Yeah. <laughs> no. So actually, the University of Guelph um, provides the experts for most of Ontario. Uh, and and they also have YouTube videos. So I, I trust trust the source. Yeah. You trust anyway, the agricultural school. I, right? The Aggies. I feel like they know what they're talking Those about. Those Guelph Aggies. Hopefully well, they and do. they're the people. So back to the original question right. of where you get your stuff. They do a bit of a traveling roadshow with their courses. And they come to an apiary. So that you can learn in a place that has bees and stuff. So when we first took our first beekeeping course, we went to Dancing Bee Out by Coburg. And the University of Guelph people, the tech transfer group is what they call themselves. They came and taught for like a whole day, right? And so like you you go there and, and you go and you dig around their hives and they teach you all kinds of stuff and you just like know some stuff. It's amazing. I want bees so bad. Yeah, well, I you know, think they're, they're kind of cool. I want them. Yeah, looks like you could probably learn how to do it. Or how not to do it. We'll see what happens with our queen. Right, right, right. <laughs> right, but it sounds like they might be able to sort it out. Yeah, yeah. So I think they will. So then what we've done now, so now that we're like, we're in summer now, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's by the time this is airing, it's July. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're in full blown like honey production time. So we've already done their spring medications and stuff and we've put the honey supers on. So you put the queen excluder in to keep her down laying eggs in the bottom. And then up top is where your honey is. But we controversially beekeep in that we have flow hives. What does that so mean? A regular frame. You take it out and it's all covered in wax and everything. And you have to then get the honey out of that wax somehow. So that involves a, from what I can tell, a very messy situation where you either have a centrifuge because you have like just oodles of money. <laughs> if you, if you have like a lot of hives, having a centrifuge makes sense. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, it means that every jar of honey is roughly like an $800 jar of honey. Because centrifuges are expensive. Because they're very expensive. And and then you use like a heat knife to cut the caps off. And like it's a, it's a, it's a whole process and a system. And it equals a lot of things being sticky and or waxy in my kitchen, which neither of those things are things I want. <laughs> mm-hmm. So a flow hive, these guys in Australia invented it and and we jumped right on board at the start because i mean the reason why we started keeping bees is because i heard the bees needed help so i was like i should have bees that was like a whole the whole thought process well then if they need help i will have some that's why i also have a kitten and a dog anyway (laughs) (laughs) apparently somebody needs to pick them up from the humane society and that's me (laughs) uh so anyways um with the flow hive you just have to stick this uh, really long bar into the top and you, you turn it and crack. So the comb is made of plastic and the bees just come in and wax up some little cracks in it. And then they just start filling it with honey. And then when you crack it, it cracks all the wax 
and it comes and drains out a, a little spigot at the bottom. Oh, so and you just so have to turn on the spigot. I don't even have out. to open the hive. I don't have to bug the bees. I can just turn it on and fill the jars and Why is that controversial? Up. Oh, there's a lot of reasons. Um, one is sometimes the sort of old school bee people suggest that you're not looking after your bees because you're not going in and looking at them often enough. Mm. We go in and look at them for fun. So I feel like that's often enough. <laughs> uh, sometimes it's just fun to poke around in there. And, uh, that's about the only reason I can think of that is like a legitimate thing. It's oh. just, it's just not the way they do it. Right. It's right. not the way they, the old schoolers right? do it. So I also, therefore it's I also drive an electric car. <laughs> also not the way they did it. <laughs> right. So I feel like maybe I'm just sort of in my own world. Yeah. But it really is like, it doesn't, none of the bees get hurt or caught or anything in, in the flow hive. They've, they've, made it so that like it doesn't even catch their little wings or their little feet or anything. And you can sort of see that it's got a clear front. So you can even watch. So after you've done it, they all come along and they they lick up whatever honey's left and they eat it. And they have these really long red tongues, like really really long, like (laughs) bright red. And it's fascinating to just like, I could just sit there for hours and just watch them as they like clean up and they come and they take the wax. And like before you could even go in and like get the wax, they have the wax all cleaned up. They're like, oh, somebody left a mess here. Let's tidy this up. Busy little bee. Right? They're so tidy. And so I'm just, yeah. You mentioned medications. Yes. So you have to medicate them. Yeah. So there's two things. And I think most of the world now, there's mites, these little destructo varroa mites. I think they're called varroa destructo or destructor. Anyway, varroa mites are part of every bee colony. So even when you buy a new one, um, they may be sort of in check when you get that new one, but like by the second year, you need to medicate them. Hmm. And because the mites grow right in the cells with the bees and they they can not only like if you think about it it's kind of almost like having a tick right like they they clamp on and they suck your blood um but they can also carry other parasites that can affect the bees so mm. not it's it's not like they're just weakened because they've had their blood sucked they can also like then get diseases and they can be born not right and so then it it becomes a really big burden on the hive and the hive can eventually die from the varroa mites so we medicate for those. And then there's also American fowl brood, which is like a mold kind of substance that can, again, just sort of – it. both of them kill the hive and both of them – American fowl brood isn't here. And we all medicate our hives to make sure it doesn't come here, whereas right. the mites are here. They're a part of our hives and we have to make sure that we take care of that. So crazy. It is. I sorry, I have a quick question about so when you buy a queen, I don't know if you've talked to the prancing pony or whatever. The dance, dancing bee. Dancing bee. The prancing prancing pony. ponies from uh Lord, Lord of, of the, the Rings. Rings. <laughs> <laughs> um and they've so they've had a colony produce queens and then they pluck that queen out to sell it to you. Yes. With a couple of attendants. So does then that old colony just make a new queen? Well, so if you think about it, so... And is that nice? Or are they like, hey... Well, okay, so, you know, my experience with it, remember I said that we moved them and then we tried to requeen them and I don't think it was working and they made a whole bunch of queen cells. Right. So if I saw like six of them by pulling out one or two frames out of eight frames, I'm going to say, let's let's say that my bees alone made 20 queen cells. Right. And 
if I was breeding them, then my assumption is I would make sure there was a queen there to lay an egg in each of those cells, and then I'd take that queen away, and they would nurture them all. And then they would make a new queen. Then okay. they would make 20 new queens. And if you get in there in time, I think, you can then, I would say, harvest those 20 queens. Gotcha. Now, the thing is, here's the part that I don't know. When I get the queen, she's already been on her mating flight. So she's oh. gone out for her four days. She's collected all her sperm. When I get her, she's ready to lay eggs. I have another so, question. Oh my God. So, do so I. when they're, okay. So when they're breeding the queens to sell to people like yourself, mm-hmm. do they let her go out and just assume she'll come back or do they let her go out in a controlled way? I'm going to say not in a controlled way. They're just like, see you later. Hope you come back. Well, so bees are really, bees are frighteningly smart. So when you bring them home, like when I brought my very first nucleus home, we had the hive set up and the nucleus comes in its own. It's actually like a half-size banker's box that fits okay. four frames and it's got a little front door. I was curious what that looked like. Right? Yeah. It's a, it's a super cute little box. <laughs> <laughs> super Not cute. Not unlike mine. It's so cute. Oh. oh, I put my hand in that box. Um, <laughs> I remember. <laughs> Twice. Uh, anyways, so you, you put the box right beside the hive and you face it the same direction because when they get up in the morning, so you pick up the box of bees at night. You pick them up at... As early as 7 p.m., but the later the better, because they all come home when the sun sets. Like chickens. Yes. I don't have chickens. I don't know. but Chickens come home to roost. Home. There's yeah. the nodding. There's yeah. the coming home to roost. And I, I once saw a, a video of a large organic chicken farm where mm-hmm. they let their chickens free run. Yeah. And so it was just like in the morning, they opened the big barn, and, and uh, it looked like a waterfall of chickens. Right. All ran out. And then in the evening, they were all like, bloop, and they all just go back in. And there you go. Chickens and bees doing kind of the same thing. And so they all come home at night. And then when you're at the bee yard, you just close the little door. You put them in the back of my dad's pickup truck. You don't put them in the back of your like hatchback because having like 20,000 bees in the car with you (laughs) for an hour and a half drive home is probably... Pretty dangerous. I feel like maybe not the best choices. (laughs) So I put it in my dad's pickup truck in the back and in fact, there were two bees who came home after I'd closed the door and they sat on the box. And I'm not kidding, all along the 401 for an hour and a half, they, they sat on, on that box. box. Wow. They came home with me. Wow. So you put it down right beside and you want your beehive's entrance to face the south because that's where they like to face. They like to face the south. They like the sun. They like all the things. And it's like, who am I to blow against the wind? Yeah. So south facing it is. And so... Then the bees get up in the morning and they leave this little banker's box. box. Yeah. And then during the day, I take the f- the four frames that are in there and put them in my hive mm-hmm. yeah. and take the banker's box away. And when the bees come back, they go into my box. Mm. Magic. Into, into your new hive. That my new hive. Amazing. Yeah. And so, so it's, it's so- like having a kitten which I love, and then you put the kitten in a box of dirt called the litter box, and the kitten just goes, scratch, 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 and is like, okay, this is where I poo now. I've never, like, I guess I shit here. Yeah, like cats, (laughs) like cats, you don't have to train them. Oh. You just put them in a box, and you look at them, and then they're like, "Mm," and they just do it. Oh, my cat poops in the hostess. Yeah, if they're outside cats, it's different, but if they're inside cats, if they're outside cats, they do whatever the fuck they want. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> I've never had a cat litter thing in my house. I don't believe in it. Yeah, well, it's not great, but yeah. uh, if you have inside cats. It happens. Yeah, I see George over there looking very active. Yeah. <laughs> this is how he spends his life. This is a pretty good life, George. I think I saw a twitch. No. Yeah, he's oh. alive. Oh, <laughs> great. Anyway, so yeah, so that's how you like you introduce your bees. And if you think about it on those four frames that during the day I plucked out and put in, there were still a bunch of bees on them because not all of them leave. Not all of them leave. So bees live for six weeks ish. And that's it. Except for the queen who lives Except for, for years? the queen who lives for years, wow. like three to five. That's crazy. And so the queen was somewhere on those frames when I put them in, right? And I mean, I looked for her and I found her and she was beautiful. She's she's usually a little bit more glossy, too. Like, she has a longer bum. Do you have pictures? Yes. You could send them to us. Okay. Yeah. I will. Anyways, I was like, should we do this in the bee yard? Do you guys want to come over? Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, she has a longer bum, and it's it's um it's shinier. It's waxier. It's She's just better. She's just better. Well, she's she bigger raised and on better. royal jelly. Royal right? jelly. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so she goes in, so they know to come back to her pheromones, and they know to come back to wherever they just left from. Right. So they just come home to roost, right? Amazing. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so bees make honey to eat. That's why bees have honey? Yes. And so we just take the excess? Yes. Can you tell us how bees make honey? I sort of can. Mostly we're eating bee spit. Yes. Yeah. It's actually like multiple bee spit. So if you... Have you ever... You know the little purple clover flowers that are yeah. all over? Uh -huh. When you were a kid, did you ever pull them out and suck the nectar out of them? Yes. Okay. Well, I did it all the and time. And little honeysuckles, too. Super great. I would egg. do that, too. Yeah. So, um, but the consistency is more like water. It's kind of like with maple syrup, right? Yeah. You, you tap the tree, and it's like water, and you have to reduce it. Yeah. Right. That's what the bees do. Except that when we reduce the tree sap, we use, like, water and or a fire, and since the bees haven't made it that far in their evolutionary uh, <laughs> life they can't start a fire yet. they cannot i've seen them try they get the little sticks and they're rubbing them together <laughs> bless their tiny hearts they're like jack Idiots. you want to give us a hand here? yeah yeah and and so they can't so instead what they do is um they come home with the nectar and they spit it in between themselves from one mouth to another that sounds like a porn it's bee porn. Uh, <laughs> if you can think of it, there is porn for it. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah. So they, they spit it back and forth. And then um, and then at, at some point, I guess someone stops the volley. I'm not really sure how many <laughs> times it goes back and forth. Uh, but then they store it in the honeycomb, right? And But they put it in there. And the fascinating – bees are so fascinating. Ugh. So the honeycombs – are not at a 90 degree angle to the frame that they're on. They're, they're tipped ever so slightly up because otherwise the nectar would just tip out. Right. They're so friggin' smart. Oh my God. Anyways, so they put this, this nectar spit in the, in the, in the honeycombs, in the combs. Thank you. In the cells of the comb. And then they dehydrate it. So they, they flap and they use their wings to reduce the moisture content of this this bee spit into they they reduce it to and I'm not I didn't look it up first I should it's something ridiculous like 17.5%. Like it's it's a percentage that they have tested a, a bazillion times over the course the of history and it's always the same. 
And that's, that's a percentage where it won't, uh, it won't grow mold. It won't go bad. It, it's, it's, they've reduced the moisture content enough that it's almost antiseptic. Right. Cause oh. they find vials of honey in sarcophagi from Egypt That's and they're right. still good. Like you could technically eat it. I, yes. Yeah. Can you buy that on eBay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For $150 million <laughs> or one Litecoin. <laughs> I was going to say with Bitcoin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's so nuts. So yeah. can you see them doing this flapping thing? Because you said the front of your hive is clear, right? Um, or there's a window or something? There is a window, but they're all moving so much. But when you do pull a frame out, you can see all kinds of things. So if someone, let's say one of the bees goes out and finds like a really great, like... Oh, I know about this. Sorry, go on. I know. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, it is. It's really cool to watch. So uh, a bee goes out and finds this like bitchin' section of, of, and it's like, oh my God, I can't bring back all this nectar. So I got to tell everybody else about it because it's so great. And so that bee comes back to the hive and does the waggle dance and like zigzags and wags their little butt back and forth and spins and, in a circle and does these circles and like it all means something it is as much as our speaking means something right. to us it's like hey go down here turn left fly for another seven feet and turn right again and and you know look behind you there's the purple bush i don't know so, so they, instructions they give instructions on on how to go find this like wicked nectar source and so then a bunch huh. of them are like i'm going there yeah. and then that's so cool and so if you ever come across a, a bush uh, we had one um it was called bluebeard one day i went out and this was before we had our own bees and the bush was covered in bees it was there were there had to be like a hundred of them on this one little bush and i was like what and now i know that it's like one found it went back and said come on guys and they yeah. don't all just like follow they're like hang on i gotta finish what i'm doing right because they have to unload their load right and <laughs> that's what she said <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what do, do you want me to tell you about bee sex because it's yes. violent okay hang on so anyway so then they do the waggle dance to tell the others where to go yeah Okay. Do you, do you yeah. really want to know about that? Okay. Yes. So I mean, most animal sex is kind of right? disturbing. It's very the only animal disturbing. sex that's not disturbing is like people. bonobo and uh, well, and bonobos, bonobos and people because it's basically they do the, the same. same. <laughs> yeah, it's just like when they study sex with animals, they say copulations per um, offspring. So cats and dogs, they have like negative copulations per offspring because right. they have sex once and then they have a litter. Right. Right. right? Humans. Uh, you know, uh, bears will have one copulation per offspring because they often have like one or maybe two. And right. so these animals aren't having sex for pleasure or social bonds or social purposes. They're having sex only to reproduce. Oh. Whereas humans and bonobos, and I think like dolphins, but mostly humans and bonobos, which are mini chimps that are our closest relative, we have something like a thousand copulations per offspring. So we're clearly having sex for a lot of different reasons right. other than offspring. Right. Um, and so bonobos just fuck all the time. I've seen videos of it. It's hilarious. They'll like meet new bonobos from another group and they'll just start fucking. That's like a hello fuck. Huh. Isn't that how the Beatles wrote that song? Why don't we do it in the road? <laughs> yes. I think it About was bonobos? the bonobos were fucking in the road. And then it was like they were in Africa and they saw that. Yeah, I think so. That's I mean, <laughs> I, I don't no know idea. if that's urban legend or what, but I'm pretty sure that that song is about monkeys fucking in the road. <laughs> so, you know, what's funny is that like 
I don't know very much about the Beatles. Mm-hmm. I'm one of those people who's like, I, yeah, Yellow Submarine, whatever. I kind of am too. Yeah, yeah. But there are, but there are so many like fanatics, mm-hmm. right, about the Beatles, and people will say something, and I'm like, I don't know what that song is. And I actually thought that the Beatles were ridiculous because I thought it was like Yellow Submarine and oh, yeah, um, some of yeah Raspberry Pi or whatever the fuck they used yeah, to do when they were things, a boy band. Yeah. And then our friend Katarina yeah. played me the White Album when we were like 20, and I was like. Oh, yeah. this is why people like them. I was like, why are they a phenomenon? Their music is for children. Uh, yeah, it's, it, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then some I, of it, I think, probably literally is. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a weird time. Yeah, yeah. But like the later stuff, I was like, oh, I get it. Okay. So, anyway, animal so, sex. So to the animal sex portion <laughs> of our show. Uh, so there goes the Virgin Queen. She's out on her mating flight. All alone. All alone in the world and just horny and oh, she ready. She's a powerful woman. She a is, powerful lady. She is not ashamed. Let's not shame her. No. Nope, she is out I and won't. she is like, I need to get fucked and I need to get fucked a lot and <laughs> quick because I got, I got a deadline <laughs> and I got to get back home. So let's do it. So anyway, so she's flying and it all happens in flight. So the first one is the lucky one because she's clean. So he he blows his load and that kills him. Right. He's dead. He literally explodes his insides into and onto her because oh. that's how it works. And that's why I say she was clean because the second one comes and before he can do anything, he's got to kind of wipe off the remains of the first one, oh, man. the chunks, as it were, and then he will then explode onto her and die. And I, I picture her grabbing handfuls of this stuff and putting it in her little bee pockets because I don't know how she carries around for so the three to five years of her life. They're literally coming and dying. Yes, they they and remember the drones in the the drones in the hive have. No purpose in the hive. Other than Their to do that. sole purpose is to explode to death <laughs> with a, the biggest orgasm of their lives. That's their entire purpose. That's it. And so she she goes out, and so then the third one comes along and scrapes off the second one and gets rid of his chunks, and then and when you say chunks, you mean literally chunks of their body. Yeah. Holy and shit! Twelve to twenty. You yeah. said okay. Yeah. Huh. Roughly. I mean, I don't know who counts the suitors. I'm I, kind of into this. And how do they <laughs> look it up on the internet later, Liz? <laughs> right? Later, Liz. If you can think of it, there's a porn for it. Isn't that what there, you said? Uh, yeah. Like, be careful. You're two <laughs> steps away. I really don't Be-horn. think it's... Right? I don't think it's deep. I think it's right there, yeah, right. just under the surface. <laughs> yeah. And so then, how long is she out? How long does this meeting fight? Uh, she's out three to four days. Okay. And then when she comes back and she's done, she's done. And does she like select the suitors or do they like scramble and fight together? How does that work? I think it's more the latter. Like I think it's more that that they they pursue her. Yeah. And whoever huh. can catch her wins. Right? Catch me if you can. May the odds huh. be ever in your favor. I Slash, you're all gonna die. Slash, you're gonna die. And this is the thing about even about the um the worker bees, so the girl bees, is that they, unlike wasps, who are just assholes who can sting you like 75 times, a bee can sting you once and she dies. That's oh. it. That's all she's got. She will, if she stings anyone, she's dead. Oh. It's over. And so, you know, their life is very fatalistic, right? Like, right. he goes out and spooges to death. 
and she goes out and if she stings then she's dead it's like it's a very it's it's right and so they're stinging to protect the hive really yes they're not stinging because Mm. you quote made them angry they're stinging right and i don't mean quoting you but like you know how people are like oh i made the bee angry it stung me they're stinging because they feel like you're a threat to their yeah so if you're actually in the hive like you've opened it up and you're pulling stuff out if you smell bananas you need to just run what the fuck what i'm not even kidding you if you smell bananas this is this is a smell that the bees can give off when they feel truly threatened so like i go in the hive I get stung. It happens. Like, one here, one there. Do you feel bad because they died? I do feel bad because they died. I'm like, nobody needs to give up their life here, girls. We can all be friends. Right. But they don't understand English. I've tried. (laughs) Anyways. um, You just have to work on your spinning and waggling. Right? I should just show them my ass, and then I think we'd all be fine. (laughs) But um, anyways. Sting your ass. (laughs) Well, Yeah. Probably. Um, but yeah, so it's all very to the death, right? Like it's, right. it's, but if you smell bananas, that means that someone has, has like hit the panic button. Oh, right. They, they hit the big red button. It's like hitting the nuke button if you're the president, I think. And they all will now go into panic mode and they will all come and try and kill you. I've Whoa. never smelled the bananas. I've only heard about smelling the bananas. Okay, the bananas. Right? And I Jesus. mean, at least it's a distinct smell. I mean, mm. it's some sort of warning. Right? Yeah. I wonder if they're like, there was some person who had been stung by a million bees and on their deathbed, they were like, bananas. bananas. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you about like a little bit of beekeeping 101. I know you talked a bit about what it takes to get started. Mm -hmm. What sort of cost would someone be looking at? So when I gave my dad his first jar of honey, I was like, please enjoy this $700 jar of honey. (laughs) Okay. So $700 uh, approximately. (laughs) Roughly. Yeah. But so as uh, you make more honey jars, the cost goes down. No, because then when they die over the winter, then you have to buy another whole nuke and it's another $250. No, no. Did they die over the winter for you? Uh, It's happened. Yeah. 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 So we've, we've had a couple of different ways that they've died. We don't know how the first ones died. Uh, this, the second year they died from starving to death. You know that because all their little bee faces are in the the cells trying to get all the the honey and they, they starved to death. They didn't, they didn't have enough money to make, or money. They They didn't didn't, have enough. They didn't have enough coin. No coin. They didn't have enough honey to make it through the winter. Well, so what happens is, uh, sometimes, um, you know how we get those little warm spells in like February? Mm -hmm. Well, the bees are kind of like penguins. If you, if you've watched the penguin documentaries, uh, cause I, I also think penguins are cool, but I do not keep them. Um, <laughs> but, um, the, the penguins will all gather around in a circle and keep each other warm all through the, the hardest part of the winter when, when right. all the boys have the eggs on their feet, right? Yep. Yeah. And they, they circulate from the outside of the circle to the inside and back again. Well, bees do the same thing. They keep the queen in the center. So through the winter, sorry, they keep the queen in the center and they all gather around her and keep her warm. 
and they, they circulate. If you're on the outside, you get a little colder, so you move in. But because they're cold, it reduces all of their systems, right? So they don't need as much food. Mm-hmm. So they this is the only time when bees live longer than six weeks is through the winter when they're hibernating. Whoa! So and cool. They, and they move around the hive and eat the honey. And so if you think about frames, they're all... Uh, they're all one after the other, like books on a library shelf. And so if there's a bunch of honey three books down, but there's no honey where you are, you may starve to death, even though there's still honey in the hive. But... Because so, you can't get over there. Yeah. So um, on the starve to death year, though, so they, they wake up a little bit in February because it gets kind of warm. Yeah. So they eat more because they're awake more, right? They're 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 picking back up, kind of like when bears come out. It's like let's eat all the food. We're starving. Yeah. And then it goes cold again, and mm. so they've eaten more food than they should have, and so it can deplete their their stores for the rest of the the rest of the winter. Right. So what we did last year was we actually took frames of honey out, um, and kept them in this big big Tupperware container, for lack of a better term, in our garage. And we kept four extra frames full of honey because the bees the bees will mix honey and brood down in the lower parts of the box, but higher up, it can just be all honey all the way across. Mm-hmm. And so we kept honey out. And then with the intention of, you know, on a warm day in March, we'll go and we'll put these honey frames in to make sure so they, they don't can last s- till May. So they can last until yeah, April, May. And when we went to give them to them in March, they still had like a ton of honey and, and they were alive. So it was like, well, these are good things. So we closed it back up really quickly because you don't want the heat to get out. Uh, they work hard. So then we went back in April to try and give them to them again. And it's like, you still have, like they just kept having enough in there. So it was, it was good, right? Like right. they, so they, they had, survived that year. Well, and that's the thing. And they had more than enough. And so the frames that we took out, I actually think the late summer honey, the darker one here, is one of the frames that we took out. So we, while I am typically not a don't get my kitchen sticky and, and waxy kind of person, I was I was like, we'll let it happen because I don't know what else to do with these frames full of honey. Yeah. And it is a real pain in the butt to try and do. So, <laughs> yeah, so... They can starve to death. They can, they can not make it. They can, there can be a lot of reasons why they don't. So if you have to buy a new nuke in the spring, then that's another like 250 to $300. A- anyways, but back to, back to, uh, setting yourself up. So yeah. the, the first thing is you should probably not ever go on Kijiji and buy, um, Anything? Anything because it could be diseased, right? The, the frames can hold the, the, funguses and diseases and stuff so there's that um so go to a place that sells it new and the thing is for a regular langstroth hive which is it was named after the guy who invented it it's got it's got frames across it it's the regular size um you know you can spend probably say three hundred dollars and get like the boxes and the frames and the covers and everything Mm-hmm. And get yourself set up and then, and then another two to three hundred dollars for the actual bees. What we did though is we bought that flow hive I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. And so we bought it, uh, I think it was through Indiegogo or something, right? And, and it was the first year that they were selling them. So we got a package that way. And then now that we have a second box just this year, a second hive, we actually bought a second flow box because we like it so much. A part yeah. of us was like, Oh, we could have these bees over here. They can make 
enough honey that we save that honey for the bees for the winter. And then these bees can make the honey that we eat. And, you know, we talked about different options. It's like, meh, we put flow hives on both of them. And how much are those? Those, well, and that's the thing. So I think, I think when we bought it, like in its inaugural year or whatever it was, was like, Seven ninety nine. Yeah, I remember it being pretty. Yeah, pricey. It, it was. It was. We looked at those. Yeah. So I don't usually impulse buy like a chocolate bar. I impulse buy like a flow hive. I like, do that I, too. Right. <laughs> I'm, at the, I'm at the grocery store and I'm like, none of this attracts me. I I've beaten you people. Right. And then I'm like, Jam. I put an offer on a house without you being there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so <is> exactly yes. <laughs> true. Right. Right. So yeah. Okay. So there's th- that is exactly how I shop for things, and that's why I have a flow hive. I <laughs> uh, didn't know anything about bees. Bought a flow hive. So we very quickly started taking courses and stuff, right. and that's how we we sort of got into it. But I have to admit that whether you buy it from a place like Dancing Bee or something else, um, there's or the a, prancing pony. The prancing pony. Um, <laughs> usually, that's more mead. Um, <laughs> more mead and and folklore. Intrigue. Yes, right? Folkloric intrigue. I think you need to have like hairy feet or something. And a cloak. And a cloak. Always a cloak. But there's a place in Quebec called Propolis. There there are places all over the place. You can usually buy like a starter kit and they'll sell you everything you need as yeah. one kit. So okay. you can, you know, you can get that kit for anywhere, I'm sure, from like $300 to like $1,000, mm-hmm. right? Depending mm-hmm. on what you want. And the medications that you do every year, is that very expensive? Um, it's not expensive, but it just got a little bit more complicated this year. They made it so that the medications couldn't just be sold at a, a bee store anymore. Like, oh. the, I think they used to sell them at like, like TSC. The country store. Yeah, TSC, the country store, all right. that stuff. Um, and they made it so that now you have to have a vet. Ugh, so For bees. Yeah. Now, you know. Wow. I think they did the same with chicken meds. They're, yeah. like I remember last year, a bunch of people on all the chicken boards were like, hey, you got to buy up these meds because they're going exactly. to be able to get them through the vet. Yeah. I think they're, they're probably worried about like antibiotic over. Yes. Over that is 100% what they're worried about. Yeah. And, and rightfully so because for the different things that happen to bees that we medicate them for, one of them were on like the sixth iteration because they got used to the first one and it stopped right. working. Then they got used to the second, right? And so we're like, we've gotten through a lot of stuff. So I, I totally get it. But, you know, you put your cat in the cat carrier and take it to the vet. Well, I'm not putting my bees in the back of my dad's pickup truck and taking them to the vet. Right. So you've got to get a vet to come to you. Well, or, you know, in the case of, of a lot of the places that sell this stuff, they've got a vet uh, on on their payroll like their somehow kind of yeah. thing that that... that that you can use that vet. Yeah. It is smart. Yeah. Hmm. So I I haven't gone through the vet process, but the, to be honest, the medications themselves are not expensive. I mean, I I suspect if you have a hundred hives, then you probably start to fret about that cost, but I don't. So, um, I have a question about swarming. Yes. So you mentioned earlier that swarming is when there's, they need to find a bigger space. Yeah. And so they leave your hive. Uh Have you ever seen one or caught one? I so desperately want to see one. I think it sounds like so fascinating. I heard that they're like a big clump. They Is that are, true? Yeah. So it's funny. I, I remember seeing a picture of one on the internet and I thought it was actually a woman with curly hair. Like I thought it was a picture of a person from behind oh with bananas. curly hair. Do they swarm into shapes of things to That's like the, fool people? Well, they, they swarm into a big shape of an arrow and they're like, he went that way. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like I totally picture like Winnie the Pooh up in the tree and like all the bees like pointing in a different direction. And, yeah. And 
And, <laughs> but no, I think that they, again, when they swarm, they're in, the important thing is the queen, right? right. So they keep, they surround oh, her. So yeah. they end up going in, you know, what looks like a big, big clumps, a big clump of bees. And then, and then they get to somewhere and they rest. And so they stop and that's when people find them. And so sometimes you'll see them on the bumper of a car. Or you'll see them. Um, and again, when I say that, I've not seen them. Just I've only seen them stories. on the internet. Yeah. Uh, but the internet doesn't lie. Um, never, <laughs> never, never, right? <laughs> Such a great place. It's really reliable. Yeah. yeah I like it there. Right? Yeah, totally super safe. safe. That's I, the number one thing I know. I about know. The internet, yeah. yeah. I feel really good about it. Yeah. Also, so you um, can just... I have an uncle, uh, over, uh, he's, he's, he's a prince. And but he needs me to send him some money. Oh yeah! yeah. <gasps> Congratulations! Yeah, did he send you an email? Or? We, he totally sent me an email, and all I did, I just need to give him a little bit just to get him out of the country, and then he's going to share his riches with me. Right? That's so great. And I'm internet. really happy for you. I know. I know. Okay. So, <laughs> so sometimes you'll see a swarm of bees, um, and so yeah, a lot of times they'll rest in a tree, like they'll be on a tree branch or whatever, and they're just looking for a new place, and they're on their way somewhere. Like if they're resting on a car chances are if you come back two hours later they're gone because they're just taking a break but they're not going to move into your car because well there's nothing there for them do people capture wild swarms yeah so then um ideally if you've got one let's say you've got one in a tree in your backyard and you're like well what do i do now you can call a beekeeper and they will come so if they're say at the end of a branch you could cut the branch off and Remember earlier I said how you just like shake them into the box when you want to start a new one? Well, that's kind of what they do. They take that that branch and they have a big box and they shake them into the box. And they all just kind of drop as one into the box. Amazing. It kind mm. of is cool. And the thing that would scare me because, again, I'm not – I don't think I'm as experienced as the people who catch swarms. I would be wondering, like, did the queen go in there or is she still one of these bees on the branch? But you have to figure that she has enough attendance around her that she is going to be the heaviest part of that swarm. So she's right. gone into the box. Right, right. right. Oh. Then you would follow the steps that we mentioned earlier where you bring them home to where you've got a hive set up and you set the box right beside the hive facing the same direction. They go out in the morning. You put them in the... Amazing. Magic. Ah, cool. Amazing. Right? Is your biggest dream to catch a, a wild swarm or just to see one? Um, I think to see one. <laughs> your biggest dream. You're like, I don't know, maybe to see my children grow up and have wonderful lives. <laughs> I, you know, I, I stumbled no. a little because, well, actually, I'm not sure that's my biggest dream either. <laughs> uh, well, I'll see you in hell, so it'll be fine. And, <laughs> and uh, but, but no, I think it would be super cool to see it. Uh, but I... I think if it was easy enough, but you know, when you hear about people having them in the walls of their house and stuff, I'm now stroking Liz's bedroom va wall. Vapor barrierless <laughs> wall. Well, and it's like, I totally understand why they would move in there. Like it does resemble the, I mean, they didn't just make beehives because they were like, hey, this sounds like a good idea. They made it to resemble the way bees like to live, which is in very right. tight, close quarters. So the inside of your wall would be perfect. They would love to live in there. Would you be no happy if you had... barrier, but full of bees. <laughs> would you like to have bees in your house like that? No, not even a little bit. But finding <laughs> them in someone else's house like that would be super cool. Um, and, and yeah, like I, I think I would be more inclined to go maybe because I know how to take apart a wall or something. I don't know. I'd be more inclined to take them out of someone's house than take them out of a tree. Right, I right. feel like if you have to climb a tree, you can't run away if you smell bananas. I'm still stuck on the bananas, right? <laughs> right. No, for sure. Like, and you'd have to be fully protected before you go to cut the branch off. Yeah. 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 But I, I watched a, a video on, on YouTube where a man was 
um, getting bees out of uh, a shed. And it was actually, they were wasps, but I don't think it really matters. It was terrifying. Like Mm. it was just, they were angry and swarmy and they had made comb in everything, right? Like there were, there were tires, there were bicycles, there were cardboard boxes and there was comb in everything. Like they just took over the whole They just took over the whole shed. So wasps make combs as well. Well, wasps make more of a paper. I've seen the paper, yeah. those, those balls. Exactly. And they do. They make them. They're very papery. When you find them around your yard or whatever, you can pick them up and they're just light as air. They're really cool. They don't, I, I don't believe, now again, I don't know how many varieties of wasp there are, but I don't believe they make wax the way that oh, okay. honeybees make wax. Right. Can you tell us about global bees and why they're all dying? And what should we do and to help what them? what happens if they all die? We all die, don't we? Well, yeah. I mean, I like to bring it down to my scale because I don't necessarily understand things on a global scale. And but it's overwhelming to be like, all the bees are dying and then right? we're going to all die. We're all fucked. Well, good luck, guys. Go get drunk. Yep. That's what I do. Uh, Me too. See you tonight. <laughs> uh, so... um like, for example, a man that I work with, uh, he works in North Bay. So I actually like the plant seeds he gives me because I feel like they're extra hardy. If you need a catalpa tree, I've got a few. I don't even know what that is. They okay. grow really, really big and I'm afraid of them, but they have really big, like, pods. I'm afraid of them. Well, <laughs> listen. listen. Not I bees. Love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Trees. Listen, Liz. Sometimes. <laughs> She's snorting. She's laughing at me so much. <laughs> You're kind of a jerk sometimes. Sorry. I have sorry. a problem with trees on my property and that there's too many of them and the squirrels plant them and I get like anxious about the, the sheer number of trees. It's right. like it's, there's too many. Yep. Anyways. And most of them are black walnuts, which are toxic. And right. that's a whole other show too. I can tell you about wow. a lot of things. You could be our resident expert on expert. a bunch of oh, weird should, shit. You should come back on our derby episode. Yeah, you and Louise. Derby. We want to do Derby one, but Louise has been impossible to schedule. Oh, she's so busy. Yeah, she just quit her other job, so hopefully she'll be less busy. She's just the coolest. She's pretty cool. Yeah. Louise is Liz's sister. Yeah, it's my sister. How, how do you feel in her shadow there, Liz? <laughs> <laughs> pretty okay. small. Pretty small and insignificant. So. Thanks for asking. <laughs> <laughs> the coops. Uh, anyways, sorry. So uh, the bees are dying. Yes. Okay. Here... This is where I'm going to say, my mom's the problem. They always blame the mother. Boomers are the problem. Right? Mm. Okay. So bless their hearts. Uh, They didn't learn anything from Agent Orange, and they all use Roundup on their lawns. Yep. Don't do that. Here's another thing is when you're in Costco and you see that thing, you you clip it on your belt. It's made by the Deep Woods Off people. Yes. And And it's supposed to keep the mosquitoes away. And keeps the mosquitoes away. Well, when you read the small print, it's bad for bees. And I'm like, what on earth is in that? Like, what is in that? But they're selling it everywhere well i mean and all the house plants are like annuals that they mm-hmm. sell at canadian tire yeah i'll have nectinoids on them or whatever and that kills bees oh well do, i don't know do they have that are they apparently some of them the, I, like I, the... well and so this is the thing right it's such an overwhelming thing that i am i i would i yes i would curl up into a little ball and and drink until i died yeah so here's here's what i think the average listener can do don't use roundup don't use don't use like and yeah you know what i i bought my annuals i have three baskets of them they i i usually have perennials but i have some annuals annuals are pretty and i bought them at costco so you know what they're probably the most treated 
pieces of shit I've ever had. But my bees are fine. Now, I am going to tell you, I've never seen a bee go near one of them. Right? Fascinating. Yeah. Um, Yeah. The bees really like the cone flowers. Yeah. And like the echinacea and stuff. And yeah, so so, like plant flowers. Don't pull out your dandelions. Learn to love them. I mean, fields of golden yellow. How wonderful is that? Yeah, dandelions are like the first food they eat in the winter. In the in the in the the spring. spring. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. and it's it's quite interesting actually. We were, um, I think, crocuses usually come up before the dandelions. I was Mm -hmm. watching the bees this spring, and they were coming back with this like almost atomic orange pollen on their legs and i was like what is that from and all i could think was it's probably from crocuses daffodils um Mm -hmm, right right. because all those things that come up really early those bulbs i would Mm -hmm. say that like get in on that that's Um, nice so so try to have flowers that start early and end later in the season yeah just to feed them pollinator gardens yeah and and i mean because like because while those things are pretty, something needs to feed the bees before the crops, and the crops are where we're interested, right? Because if if nothing pollinates the apple tree, then we don't have apples, and if nothing right. pollinates the the fields full of all the friggin' food that we eat, there's only so much Monsanto can do for us about making their little yep. friendly little seeds there. I've heard that in places where they have a reduced amount of pollinators, because to be clear, not only bees are pollinators, right. ants pollinate, other type of, bu- of stuff, flying yeah. bugs pollinate, birds pollinate. But in terms of pollinating, like I've heard in China, because they have really cheap labor there, they'll just have people with feathers oh, pollinating yeah. things Oh, and by so this, hand. Was, this was where I was going. So yeah, so my, my North Bay guy who gives me seeds, he just gave me these pepper seeds. My little pepper plants have just started sprouting and I'm super excited. But he said that he does not put his pepper plants outside. Whatever these pepper plants are, he's like, oh, no, I grow them inside. And so I looked at him. I'm like, well, then what? Pollinates them. Yeah. Like, are they self? And I mean, because some plants, right, are self-pollinating, which is is totally cool. But he he does. He uses a little paintbrush and pollinates. And I was like, yeah, I'll just put them outside. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I only have so much time. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, yeah. I mean, you're right. We could pollinate by hand, but we could also just let the bees do it and not kill them. Yeah. So, yeah. And so... In addition to growing flowers yes. and not picking the dandelions and not using Roundup, should more people be keeping bees or putting like bee habitats for other types of bees? Well, and that's so on I, their property. I have two solitary bee houses uh, at on the back of our, our. We've got a pony barn, um, and I haven't looked to see if anyone's moved in. Um, I don't know. Like it's it's. It's like, well, I might as well put them up. I don't know if it's helping or not. Yeah. Um, it's because again, like we want every, as, as you said, Liz, like we want all the kinds of pollinators. So anything you can do. Yeah. Even for like, I also have a hummingbird feeder, you know, it's like, cause they go and do stuff. Do stuff. Yeah. Right. Just and, like create habitat on your property. Don't have one of those like Canadian specials, as I like to call them. And I'm sure the Americans do too, where you have like a subdivision style house in the country and you've, cleared the lot and it's just a a golf course yeah and there's nothing it's like why do people want to live like that there's no trees for shade there's Mm -hmm. nothing yeah yeah it's it's a little bit weird and i mean you know like urban sprawl is going to happen and those neighborhoods are going to happen but and then this is the problem though they put down the sod and everyone's like oh dear i have 
by everyone, I mean my mom. I love you, mom. <laughs> um, but something's eating something. Now, my mom is one of those ones who gets out there on her hands and knees and like picks out all the things that aren't the right thing in her that lawn. Aren't fucking grass. I hate right Kentucky bluegrass. What is that? How grow have, a fescue for God's sake? How have we all been duped into believing that growing a thing that gives us nothing and we put water and yeah. energy and yep. we mow it? We like maintain this crop of nothing. It's like a, it's like the worst scam of the 20th century. It kind of seems like it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I fucking just, hate lawns. Just, just like, get over the lawn and just sort of just, just embrace nature. I'm just gonna, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. put on your hemp pants and <laughs> just like love nature, man. And grow yeah. some native plant species. Yeah. And grow some native plant Don't species. Pull the clover. And, yeah. Yeah. And like just like, just let it be there. See? The let Beatles be. again. Let, let it, it be. be. Let it be. Let it be. I'm a really good singer. Liz is the best. That's why I like it when she does solos on the podcast. She that, like it. that was something. She doesn't like it at all. Melody is one of the people in my life who's told me that I was a bad singer. I have never said you're a bad singer. I'm certain I, I didn't say those words. No, but you said it in a nice Melody way. My well, dad told me I'm a bad singer, too. It's okay. Let, let it, it be. be. Let it be. Let it yeah, be. You're getting may- better. Maybe you're <laughs> maybe you're better with background music, like a karaoke, because that, that little single there wasn't... No, I'm bad. I'm oh, a bad singer. Okay. I'm tone deaf. Oh. I don't hear the difference between any of it. Wow. When I sing it out loud, it sounds good to me. Let it be. Let it... Be. Oh, you're super cute. <laughs> sweet. You're sweet, Liz. You're sweet. <laughs> That's so sweet. Yeah, no, I'm terrible. Okay. Um... What are you guys listening to lately? Well, I'll tell you what I'm listening to. Tell me. I, as you may or may not know, I love movies and watch lots of movies. Mm. And I listen to two movie podcasts, one of which I'm not as interested in anymore, but uh, I've enjoyed them both. One's called The Rewatchables, and it is a bunch of dudes. It's mostly dudes, sometimes ladies, who sit around and and they'll choose a movie that's like the most rewatchable movie for that week. And it'll be old movies and they talk about why they like it so much. So like Dead Poets Society was one or Jaws. You know, why is it so fun to rewatch that movie over and over again? Can you listen to the podcast without having seen the movie and still be entertained? Yeah, you can, but it's more fun if you like the movies. Have you seen the movie? Yeah, like, or what happens with for me is that I've often seen the movie, but years ago, and so then I listen to the episode, and then I watch it again. And right. that's the thing you just said, Dead Poets Society, and it's like, oh, yeah. Dead Poets I have Sa- no recollection of what happens in that movie, but I just remember liking it yeah. 20 years ago. I watched it last Friday night. Yeah, see? It's good. Yeah, and I... We were talking earlier about what shows the kids should watch, and, and I've been trying to find those good... That's a good one. I want to say old movies, but that's not fair, because we're not old. No, it's not old. Super hip young movies. What are you super talking about? Super hip, like, <laughs> poignant movies from my time as a yeah. teenager. Yeah. So, like, that sounds like a great podcast. It's fun, yeah, yeah. Like, they do, you know, they've done recently, like, Pretty Woman, Pretty Woman. That film... <laughs> is what made me want to be a prostitute as a young girl did it really i didn't follow my dreams on that one oh but But it it made you want to be a hooker really great yeah and what's funny it did kind of glamorize didn't it a little and what's funny is that she wasn't even do it with rich guys for money and they fall in love with you but what's funny is that she wasn't like a high class escort she was like a streetwalker which is fucking dangerous yeah they don't show you that part no they don't show you the like incredible risk those women put themselves in for probably because they're forced to yeah you know by life yeah yeah by her pimp 
not even necessarily a no, pimp, but, but just the, like, no, just oh, like, right. Got to make ends meet. Got Or, you yeah. know, you know, you don't know why people are doing stuff like that. Yeah. Well, Kit, <laughs> Kit took the money from the back of the toilet. It was supposed to be rent money. And so then she had to go with Richard Gear to the Regent Beverly Wilshire. Reach Bev Will. You've watched it a lot, eh? So many times. Okay, I see that. <laughs> oh, and she like needed the money to pay rent. Because... Yes, because Kid had a drug problem. Oh, see, I watched Top Gun that much when I was younger, mm. but not, oh, and you, not pretty well. Oh, a fan of that volleyball scene? You know, not even. I, I don't know. My friend Julie and I, she lived in the country. I lived in town. And I would spend every Saturday night at her house. And we would watch Top Gun every Saturday night. She'd, wow. she'd work in town and spend Friday night at my house. Because we were like 14, right? We couldn't drive. So she would spend Friday night at my house. And then one of our dads would pick us up or drop us off or whatever. And I'd spend Saturday night at her house. They lived on a on a dairy farm. So I milked the cows on Sunday morning and cool. loved it. Yeah. But um, Top Gun instead of Pretty Woman. Okay. So I, I had I had fighter pilot dreams I instead of prostitution dreams. The danger zone. That dun, was pretty dun. good. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what my movie was when I was a kid that I would watch obsessively over and over again? What? <laughs> Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. That one's pretty oh. good. We are men. We're men no, in tight no, tights. No, no, no. Oh, no, that's the, the Robin one with, Hood. That's Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Oh, Men in Tights. Yeah. I watched, My bad. No. <laughs> that's the one I watched. No, I watched Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves with Kevin Costner, Alan yeah. Rickman, and Morgan Freeman. They were Freeman. very serious about their tights. Oh, yeah. They didn't even have tights. No, but they had funny hats. Nope. No funny hats? No. Okay, in my was, memory, they have funny hats and it's better that way. No, they have no funny hats. It's very like, I just came back from the Crusades and right. uh, it's supposed to be like real medieval England. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, over and over, eh? I loved it. That was I've seen jam. Alan Rickman die hundreds of times. I have it on DVD if you'd like my copy. Yes, I, I would. prefer Men in Tight Tight I would too. I, no, I'm like 100% <laughs> serious. I, would, I want it. I'll give it to you. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what have you been listening to? <laughs> um, I've been listening to Behind the Bastards. What's Have that? You? Oh my God, it's so great. So he, Is it a podcast? Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a podcast. Um, and he picks somebody. So uh for example, I just finished listening to a two part uh on L. Ron Hubbard oh. um from the Scientology uh group there. Mm -hmm. And uh the two parter now apparently he did some other ones previously, but I didn't hear them. But the two parter I just listened to was like just the last like couple of years of his life and stuff mm -hmm. but also you know young living essential oils he went through that dr young who was not a doctor and talked about him and he goes he goes sort of behind the scenes on these people with, with people who have like basically are kind of infamous yeah 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 and so that i'm listening sounds fascinating so back in the late 1800s a man who also was a doctor. I'm giving air She's quotes. doing a lot of air quotes when she says doctor. Uh, he, he took the testicles from goats and uh, put them in people. Oh. And it's all about goat testicles. And inside I learned... Inside them? Inside them. That's right. You just... Now, you don't take the people testicles out, but you just shove the goat testicles in there. In, and, in yeah, where? Oh, in the nutsack. Yeah, yeah. So he just slid open people's nutsack, men's nutsack... Or people's yeah. nutsack. Well, actually, you know what? He he did also um, transplant some goat ovaries into some ladies. No. Yeah, he no. did. Mm -hmm, 100%. I mean, does the tissue stick in there? Well, okay. So th they don't get into really necessarily, uh, since it was the, the late 1800s, early 1900s, right. they, they really don't get into the uh, scientific. Yeah. But what I like about the podcast, though, is he does a whole bunch of the research, but he always has a guest who is a comic. Okay. Um, and so 
I mean, when you're discussing goat testicles, you can see how this could get quite funny. Yeah. I and, am subscribing to this the minute my phone is off right? airplane. But uh, I think it was it was the essential oils one that uh, that got me hooked on it, and I highly recommend it because that doctor was uh, I I believe there are probably hundreds of people in Ecuador who died at the hands of that doctor. Oh. Doctor. Oh my god. Not a doctor. This is like Mengele's shit. Dr. Mengele's the guy, the Nazi. Who, yeah. did, who did bad things oh, to yeah, like, yeah. twins and stuff? Is oh, that that's a little twins and like a lot of things that we know about hypothermia, yeah. about what it does oh. to the body. They like did to people in the concentration oh, camps. Terrible. Yeah, I listened to actually a really good um, audio book on that. It was called Operation Paperclip. Oh and, yeah, and it's it lots of terrible experiments. Germans. Yeah, Germans. <laughs> You can only see the look of Jess. I'm going to go get into my German car and go home to my German husband now. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> He's not really German. He's only a little bit German. They've already poisoned you. <laughs> <laughs> what are you listening to this week, Mel? I have been listening. I've been going back and listening to a podcast I used to listen to a lot. Oh. Because do you ever do that? You listen yes. for like years and years and then you just, something happens and you just and you stop. Don't you listen fade for a little away. While. That happened yeah. to me with This American Life. I haven't gone back to it yet. Oh, yeah. I yeah. did listen to that recently. It's still good. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, but I did the same thing. I just like, for two and a half years, I only listened to one podcast. Oh. And that was This American when Life. When I was doing my undergrad, I, my undergrad, like I have other grads, just the under one. <laughs> 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 I listened to the entire back catalog, of you know, the, like back to where they were doing like mini cassettes recording each other. You're the one who got me into that. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. But I've been listening to my brother, my brother and me. Oh, what's that? It's three brothers, Griffin, Travis and Justin McElroy. And they're they live in like West Virginia or something. They've been around for years and years. Like there's some pretty early podcasters mm-hmm. and uh, they're in their like mid to late 30s so the references are kind of in our yeah in our genre yeah yeah Oof. i'm calling us a genre are like they're the same age as us yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so that i get the jokes <laughs> <laughs> but what do they talk about these three brothers like what? oh anything and everything oh, okay but they take some questions from listeners but they also go on yahoo answers and answer random questions and it's very much a comedy podcast. okay okay yeah that's like, what yeah funny advice good but because it's three brothers, their level of what's the word I'm looking for? They really connect with each other. They get each other's jokes and like yeah. they, and they, they laugh jokes a lot fast. And know, they can riff off them. each other and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's just great. It's I, delightful. I really like it. My favorite thing in, in a comedy podcast, even if they're just it's just an interview show, but there's two comedians, is when I hear people laughing and it's genuine. Mm-hmm. That makes me laugh. Yeah. The oldest brother has this really high pitched laugh when he really gets going. <laughs> That's fun. Nailed it. Nailed it in two. <laughs> Cut. Any plugs? I have like zero to plug. Well, what did we want to plug? There were a couple plugs. You wanted to plug um, the the Prancing Pony. Yes, Dancing Bee. Dancing Bee in north of Coburg. <laughs> Dancing Bee north of Coburg. And actually, if anyone is interested, I totally recommend going to um, the the University of Guelph's uh, tech transfer program for the – it's the – it's the transfer of technical information about beekeeping. And so they, they do have courses all over Ontario. 
Cool. cool. Yeah. Ontario. That's the one. You are so not good at singing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you right to your face. And in plain words. <laughs> I know. Uh, now that he's on you, you said it out loud. My dad very told unambiguously. No, but her dad already told me. My dad her. told me it's right to my face, too, at yeah. church. And I've met her dad, and he's a plain talker. He's not he going to, yeah. He doesn't want to beat of. around the bush. Well, yeah, it depends. I like your dad. I like your mom and dad. They're all right. Moms and dads are pretty great, actually. Yeah. Liz, would you like to plug yourself? <laughs> yes. I would like to plug myself into L-I-Z-Z-O-U-S-E. That's my Instagram handle, Lizos. And my website is L-I-Z-Z-O-G-R-A-P-H-Y.com. Lizography.com. <laughs> Liz takes pictures. I do. She does. She took pictures of me and my husband once. I oh. did. Okay, and what about you, Melody? Well, thanks oh, for asking. I think Jack's, I a way, love, Jack's a way better host than I am. <laughs> I would love for you to plug something, Melody. What have you got? <laughs> MelodyStarkweather.ca is my website. Melody's an artist. And I'll show you two pictures she painted. <gasps> okay. Yeah. I do a lot of pet portraits. Really? I do. So crazy. Do you want me to paint you a bee? Up close, they're probably like, kind of freaky. She's like, no. No, I can just look at them in my yard for free. Actually, for like three hundred dollars a year. I'm panicking now. <laughs> How do I politely say no? <laughs> I mean, like your shutters are yellow and black striped at home, right? And you have like a bee doormat and a bee comforter. Fuck yeah, bee curtains. Yeah, that you would actually? be no. That's the <laughs> Melissa Philia person, right? Right. That's why I'm like, yeah, no. Actually, I just have bees in the backyard. Well, I think that's it. Yeah, we're done. It oh, took- shoot. I didn't plug the show. Oh. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. So you can find the podcast at Teach Me Tiger Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Our website is teachmetigerpodcast.ca and we're on Patreon, patreon.com slash teachmetigerpodcast. We would love it if you give us just a little bit of money. Just yeah. Little, uh, money, money, money. Yeah. $2 a month gets you all the bonus episodes. And Which are pretty good. Yeah, they are. They're just like these, but slightly shorter. Yeah. And it's mostly like the superfluous conversation that doesn't fit the theme as well, yeah. which is some of the best material. Yeah. It's I actually, was going to say, yeah, those are yeah. the funnest, right? Yeah. They're, they're more There's fun. There's a lot of good stuff on yeah. there. Well, they're not more fun. These are great. Sorry. No, I take it back. They are more fun. You should pay for them. <laughs> <laughs> and Hashtag you, paywall. If you like the show, subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and tell Woo-woo. your friends about us. Tell your friends about us. Tell your friends that we're really good looking and really smart and really funny. Um, thank you so much, Jack, for coming on the yeah, show. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thank you for having me. I've... I don't think we said your full name. Your last name is Wright, right? Yes. Jacqueline Wright. I am Jacqueline, Jacqueline Wright. Wright. Never wrong. <laughs> Can't be wrong when you're right. My husband actually really loves when a telemarketer calls and says, uh, is this Mr. Wright? And he's like, oh, is it? <laughs> and then he laughs and hangs up. <laughs> it's not an easy job being it's, a telemarketer. You know, it would be a horrible times. job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it would be. On that note, remember, it's, it's a, a jungle, jungle out there.
Let it be, let it be, let it be. I'm a really good singer.